Hello everyone, welcome to uh, Tamworth. A little bit wet this morning. We are here ahead of the Country Championships qualifier for the Hunter Northwest. We've only got three races to go in this series today at Tamworth, next weekend at Canamble, and then the Tamworth, uh, then the uh, wildcard at Scone before two week break into day one of the championships. What an exciting day it was at Randwick yesterday. We were confronted with a heavy 10, but it never rained. And we got a slight upgrade during the day to a heavy nine. What was the highlight? Was it Converge winning the Ramwick Guineas downing Animo? Was it Forbidden Love giving Huey Bowman his 100th Group 1 win for the second time? Or was it the four-horse race? We expected a two-horse race between Eduardo and Nature Strip. What we got was a horse called Shelby 66 making things interesting. And he'll be coming to the country championships in a couple of weeks' time when he contests the wild card at Scone. Where would you like to start, gentlemen? Ron Doversy and Corey Brown. Well, the toughest question is what was the highlight, because it could be well be a triple dead heat. I think 10 races yesterday, very rarely you see 10 individual jockeys winning. So on, when, you know, on, a, on a race card like that, I think um, most weeks you'll find that someone at least rides a double, Corey, yeah. and obviously the, the talking point is the, the tracker game, which we know was perfect. So your highlight? I think Forbidden Love. Um, I just think the way she's racing, she was on the quick backup. Huey Bowman give her a super ride, control the race up front. But I just love the way she's going. Mm. She's um, she's really, yeah, she's hit a mark. There was a lot of talk about Shelby 66 in the challenge. And all the talk was, well, Danny Williams, what a smart bloke he is. He's going to go around and earn $22,000 by running fourth in the challenge stakes. Now, let's pick up the replay, uh, Duff and, and Corey, and obviously Shelby 66 was never going to beat Eduardo. The race was all over when he lunged. But didn't he add a huge highlight to the day? Yeah, incredible. Incredible what he did. And obviously, this is the only probably race of the day they went out very hard, and that, that was Nash's plan. Yeah. And it worked. You know, it worked when to, to, to bust up Nature Strip, but it nearly fell to pieces because the, the horse is doing no work out the back. Well, the horse doing, you know, a 200 to 1 chance here. Well, who would have thought this could happen? But they're out on their feet now and on a heavy 10. They've, they've gone out hard. So what do we say? I think Joe was a, a little bit standoffish. He was sounded like he was a little bit upset with the ride. But uh, in, in theory, it was, was the right tactic. It's a fine line, too, with that horse, Eduardo. Um, you know, like you, you want to take Nature Strip out of his comfort zone, but it could overdo it. And it nearly, it nearly come unstuck yesterday. But... Nash knows the horse back to front, he knows what he's got underneath him, but Shelby 66, out of all the horses in the yard, he, lo he looked the best out of all of them. You know, I know he's deeper into his preparation, but he looked amazing in the yard yesterday. Well, he won, <laughs> he won the highway last week, and before that he hadn't won for 600 and something days. <laughs> so I, I don't know what happened there, but well, maybe we can give him a slot, I don't know. But, uh, got, <laughs> he, he, well, he did beat Nature Strip. He's, yeah. He can put that on his CV well, now. Yeah. Uh, but I tell you what, 
He'll get a he'll get a slot in something, Ronnie. It'll be a Kosciuszko. Yeah, look, well, he's going to be a highly rated horse now. Yeah. Be interesting to see what the handicap do, handicapper does to him. I don't know what he fixes all the ratings up, but it might be on Monday. But yeah. Danny will roll the eyes, I'm sure, when he sees he goes from a rating sixty something possibly to a ninety. <laughs> <laughs> let's um, let's hear what Joe Pride had to say after the the race, and also Nash Willer when Corey spoke to him. Nash. Um a man a few words, as everybody knows, <laughs> but a few of the words that he did say, he said, I want to go quicker today. And um, I think that was, that was fine, and it was probably what brought Nature Ship undone, but it nearly brought him undone as well. So there's a delicate balance there. I'm not going to criticise Nash because he gets it right so many times, um, but it was probably set up for something to come home then. And, um, but you know, a, a gallant effort from my bloke, and uh, just, just great to get him win another group race this preparation. He's, he's a marvel. You're okay when um, when Shelby 66 started to come. You had the race won, yeah. uh, so there wasn't any panic stations. But uh, that horse has run out of its skin. It has, yeah. And that's um, I do that a bit. That three weeks in a row, it's a brutality move. They're, yes. they're rock hard and fit when they do that. I tell you, and they'll they'll always run you a good race. So um, no, um, it was a fantastic, it was an epic contest again. And uh, I say, just ha just so happy to see him win another group race. What's the plan now, Joe? Four weeks to the TJ, um, and. Uh, and then we'll think about Brisbane. But, um, you know, he's, uh, the, 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 the spring was, was what beckons, obviously, after that. And I just, I just love to keep this horse going for, for as long as I can. And um, he's showing no signs of, of tiring on us. Well, you told me once that he's still got another two or three years, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. You know, we've sort of had uh, one carnival since then. And, um, uh, look, he's certainly obviously come up well this time round. This, the, the, uh, the TJ and the Everest are the two big ones. And I'd love to see this horse win one of those races before he retires. I mean, if Nashville Street wasn't bad, <laughs> one of the best in the country. But, um... <clears throat> Look, he's just a, a real little bulldog, and um, today the horse was tactically brilliant to, I think, um, take Nature Strip out of his comfort zone a bit, and uh, we were sort of left the sitting shot there the last 50, and he's probably never really been in that situation, well, not for a long time, where he's hasn't got Nature Strip to run down, I suppose, but um, so he was probably, I was trying to be a bit kind to him, and then realised had to get serious again, you know, but... Uh, God bless him, he always pulls out plenty. OK, Joe wants to win a TJ and an Everest with uh, Eduardo before he retires. Uh, I think Joe's got uh, plans to see uh, Eduardo contesting maybe at least the next two TJs and the next two Everests if he's, uh, if he's still in one piece. And by all uh, accounts, he's going to be. Uh, Nature Strip is the favourite for the Everest at $7. Home Affair is $8. Classic Legend and Eduardo at $9 each. Uh, the TJ Smith, now we know Nature Strip, this is his race. He's going for three in a row and we know he will bounce back. He's a $3.50 chance in the TJ Smith. Eduardo is at $4.50. Home Affairs is at $6. $8 for Mars Crusaders, uh, Mars Crusader. And you can see that uh, market on the, uh, the TAB uh, website. Um, Danny Williams and the crew from Shelby 66, you should have seen them after the race. They were posing for photos. It was like they'd won the race. Here he is with Greg Pritchard after the race. I'm still shaking. <laughs> no, look, fantastic. I mean, uh, over the moon, we didn't expect that at, at all. We went into this race uh, just uh, wanting a tick over run and I and, uh, did my homework. Uh, you know, last five years, there's only been six runners and it, it paid 5,000 to run 10th. Uh, so said to my manager, uh, Andrew uh, Northbridge, if uh, there's 10 or less runners, we'll run and uh, give him a, a nice barrier trial. But it was beyond our expectations. So 
absolutely excited, over the moon. It's great prize money, but uh, I just hope that the handicapper looks after us. I'm not sure what we're going to do after that. Well, what are you going to do? Because he's obviously a country championships horse, but that run today might have you thinking even bigger. Look, in tongue and cheek, if anyone's got a long forecast, long range forecast for the Everest uh, on a wet track, who knows what will happen. But, uh, oh, look, seriously, uh, the horse is going really well. He, he come off a lot of uh, confidence from his win the other day and he uh, excels in the wet tracks. And while they're staying wet, we'll seriously look at uh, what's ahead. But uh, uh, the horse just needs to keep racing and uh, we don't do much with him in between. We'll just... Uh, see how he comes through this, what the handicapper does and we sort of were planning on running in the wild card at Scone, it's a set weight race, he's only a, a class 2 horse still so he'll get 56 kilograms and uh, that, that's been our objective to try and get the horse in the country uh, championships, it's a $500,000 race. Well, that uh, wildcard at Scone is uh, getting deeper and deeper. Edit and Wren's Day have both been scratched from today's uh, Tamworth heat. Uh, we've got It's Me. Well, it was scratched uh, just shortly after acceptance has come out. So uh, it looks like this wildcard at Scone is going to be an absolute beauty. Let's move on to the Canterbury Stakes. Uh, what the uh, Freedman boys did was a stroke of genius. Uh, they weren't planning on running Forbidden Love in the Canterbury Stakes, but uh, a little bit of a... A uh, think about the weather forecast, a mare on the back up, and about six days ago, this plan was hatched. Yeah, and it was a stroke of genius to, for the foresight of nominating and then realising that a lot of these horses mightn't run. And it was a gift. She was on a back up off a, off a heavy 10 win. And boy, you, for, after 100 metres, Corey, this race was pretty well pretty never in over. doubt. Yeah, it, Huey just controlled the race up front. But she had such a soft win the week before, I wasn't surprised to see a sprint again on that sort of soft going. It was obviously a different, different heavy. There was a, it wasn't waterlogged, but um, but the way she got over the ground a week ago, um, there's no doubt that she was going to get out for this going. I, I thought it was the win of the day. I, I think it was like you said, stroke of genius as far as the Freeman brothers go. But I just love. Love the way the horse is going. She's in a great frame of mind. She certainly is, and uh, obviously loves it. Where the, the back markers had none there when once Huey controlled that yeah. speed, they were never going to get into that race, and that was proven there with Lighthouse, brave and honest, um, uh, sticking on well. Private Eye was very good because he did come from a little mm. bit back in the field, which was very hard to do there. So that's a lovely return from him, and even Colding, he stuck on. He yeah. doesn't handle it wet. He's been out of form, but he was in a, in a in a nice trailing position, and he stuck it out there for four so very forgiving for those back in the field it was, it was hardly a, a group one contest as far as the pressure is concerned. Uh, let's go and hear from uh, Michael Friedman and also Huey Bowman who celebrated his 100th group one win of course uh, he lost the uh, Canterbury Stakes only this week when Savatiano was disqualified some 12 months after she won the Canterbury Stakes so after Huey won his 100th group one on Montefilia one was taken away from him. That was the Canterbury Stakes with Savatiano. He got it back in another Canterbury Stakes yesterday on Forbidden Love. Could wait for the Coolmore and, and you know draw 15 and give weight to, to good fillies coming out of the surround. Um, thought, well, we may as well roll the dice. So this was a race you just couldn't ignore? No, look, I, I, yeah, I, nothing's a certainty in this game, as we all know, but I, I just thought with the conditions as they were going to potentially sort of play out 
um, and how well she pulled up after the, the Guy Walter last week. I thought, well, we're probably never going to get a, a, a better chance than, than at a Group 1 than this, and um, it panned out well. Yeah, she's won two Group 1s. Yeah, she's a, she's a super mare. You know, Richard, my brother, bought her as a yearling, um, you know, and... and we put a group of people together, great, great group of people. Craig Pickford, who, you know, those colours have won some nice races now. Um, and Murray Shaw and David Hassab and, and, and a whole lot of other people. She's been a terrific mare. There's still a bit to go to, though. Um, we'll wait and see how she pulls up. Um, you know, whether she looks to become a brood mare later this year or whether we continue on, we'll just wait and see. No, I was very comfortable from an early, early part of that race. She just, she's so good in the stride and... She obviously won with authority here on Rain Effector Ground last week and I was growing confidence when I took her to the barriers. She's a bit more settled today despite the fact she sweated up a lot. She's a bit more relaxed and on the back up. Um, you know, conditions are tough. I know the track's been upgraded, but you know, the conditions are tough and she just loves that wet ground and we're seeing the best of her now. Go and celebrate the 100th in front of a crowd this time. Yeah, well, it's great. Uh, obviously, when Montefilia won, uh, there was nobody here, so it's great to have the fans back, and it's been a wonderful journey for me. I've ridden, ridden some wonderful horses, and it's great, I'm grateful to have my lovely wife, Christine, here by my side today. 100 group wins for Hugh Bowman. A quarter of those came on the champion, Winks. Now, when we were in Brisbane for the Winter Carnival, we saw Converge win the JJ Atkins, and he promised so much. It wasn't a great uh, spring. He had problems. They put him out, brought him back for the autumn. And this has been a progression to peak on the right day. Boy, did he peak yesterday in the Randwick Guineas. Converge gave Adrian Bott and Gay Waterhouse a Randwick Guineas, a race that Gay had never won. And there's plenty to talk about here as well. This is a beautiful ride. He's got so much confidence in this horse, Timmy Clark. He loves him and knows him well now. And look at him here. <laughs> Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> oh, and away he goes. And he does just have that 200-metre sprint that can put him away. And, uh, yeah, what is he? I don't know what he is. He might be the Doncaster horse, 49 and a half. Yeah. He'd like to be riding your days, the old 49 and a half again. And you struggle to get down here now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I, I do think the ride won the race, Ronnie. Like yeah. he, he made him work to get up over, then he took the sit and dragged back. Didn't take the speed out of the race, but just the confidence that he has in the horse, the cheeky little look that he had. He knew he'd be coming Animo, but um, he was too good on the day. Now Animo, his run was superb when you analyse everything, sectionals. Uh, he just doesn't have the adaptability of the winner. And I, I thought he... When we get to the Rosehill Guineas with Animo, I think we're, he's a huge yard watch. I thought he'd present the presentation of him would be much better yesterday, just knock the edge off him. He's been a bit on the toe at his mm. first two runs back, and I expected to see the real furnished article that the freshness knocked off him yesterday. And he was in the yard, he was jig-jogging, he was kicking out, he yeah. was lashing out at the fence. Kicked and, the fence a couple and, of times. He's, um, yeah, he's, well... Is he a real colt now? You know, he's turning into a three-year-old, you know, an autumn three-year-old colt. He might be having a think about things pre-race. There's nothing wrong with his performances, and he's still probably the horse to beat in the Rosehill Guineas. But I will say, he is a, a big yard watch come Rosehill Guineas Day because he, he's, his antics aren't helping him at yeah. the moment. And I spoke to Darren um, after last start, 
And Darren said it's only been this preparation. He said the the preparation before, he I said know. he was kind and just soft, but he said um, he's turned in real, a real ball. They've got to put a, a big, strong guy, a strapper with him um, to stand over him because he said if anyone small, he said, gets near him, he um, stands, he over, stands him. over him. So. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's an issue that mm. take, look, they got the right team to try and sort yeah. it out, but once these Colts get it in their head, yeah, they're hard to turn around. Get out. Uh, let's go and hear from Adrian Bott and Tim Clark. I was very happy with the way the preparations unfolded today, you know, knowing sort of trying to get him to this race today to set up to, to, to peak today in the next couple of runs. So that sort of the first real time we've seen him under the ideal conditions. Um, it was great to see him be able to respond in the manner in which we know he can. Tim had that almighty look over his shoulder looking for where Animo was. He, he looked supremely confident. Yeah, he, he certainly must have been to have that look there. And uh, look, the way the race unfolded, it worked out perfectly for us. Tim was able to sort of put him in a positive position early and the, the race unfolded around him and sort of got in a lovely spot and was able to work into it nicely. And then, um, yeah, when, when Tim was sort of looking around like that before he'd sort of let down, I knew there was sort of a bit more there. And I'm glad he was able to showcase that for us. Well, you know he runs a great mile and you've peaked him for today. What do you do now? Do you step him out over further and give him a crack at that? Is he a Doncaster horse? Is he a Derby horse? Yeah, look, um, you know, I think probably the natural race is to go to the Rose Hill Guineas and then uh, potentially we may look at coming back to the come back to the Doncaster, uh, the way the three-year-olds get treated, but because he's so electric with that turn of foot. Um, but I, I, I no doubt he could probably see out a, a, a Derby trip as well. He's just got too much class, but uh, discuss it with the connections, um, what's the best way to go, and... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll map it out from there. He was able to draw a good barrier today, and obviously I didn't want to give that away, but he likes just sort of stalking the speed, and um, he's got a really explosive turn of foot, but sort of 300 metres sort of sees him out. So um, he travelled really well and um, travelled into it nicely and just sort of tried to hold him together and, and count a bit. And, um, but when I, when I let him go, he, he really extended quickly and, and sprinted well and, and just had to hold Enemo off late but uh, he's just a courageous little horse and he's been building up to a, a win like this all prep. You had a cheeky little look there at about the 300? Yeah as I said I was sort of waiting as long as I could and um, sort of about then I had a look to see obviously I thought Enemo would be coming at some point and couldn't actually see him but um, he obviously got close late but uh, yeah as I said Miles he's just so courageous he's a little bulldog and I love him to bits. Okay, so uh, it's very hard to lock into him uh, right now, Ronnie, uh, where he's going. Now, there's one option there. Uh, might be the Rose Hill Guineas next start. Animo's the $4 favourite for the Rose Hill Guineas. Converges at four fifty. Hitotsu's at $5. Now, if they were go down the, uh, the derby path, Hitotsu, this next horse we're going to see, is the derby favourite over uh, Converge. And if he was to go, say, a rider or into a Doncaster, or Rose Hill Guineas back to a Doncaster. He's a $6 favourite in the Doncaster, Converge. Uh, I, I can understand that. I think, you know, I, I don't know whether I'd go the Derby path with him, just with that that turn of speed that he's got. You don't want to train that out of yeah, him. I don't think he'd see the trip out, Ronnie, No, I, I, I don't think so. He, but he's certainly a horse that's holding very good condition. There's no doubt about it. He's, he's, he's at the top of his game, and there could be more to come. Okay, well, what about this horse who is coming for the Derby and maybe for the Rose Hill Guineas as well, Hitotsu? It's, a, it's an amazing story what this horse is able to do. Oh, look, he, he's a very good horse. And to, to go, he went from a Donald Baden <laughs> straight to the Caulfield Guineas where he ran a bottler and then he wins the Derby third up and here he is winning uh, the Australian Guineas first up on a, on a track you know, that he hadn't been on, a softish track.
and he gets the job done. So there's a lot to like about him here. He's, he's, he could, he, he's got more upside than most here. Like Sabre was very good, and the third horse has run well, Bonza Perla. Now have a look, I'll show you this other horse. It should have won, um, Pinstriped. It was unbeaten coming into this race. Look at this, he'd already been chopped out coming uh, you know, before this, and then it just turns ugly, gets worse. It just gets worse and worse and worse, and then, you just watch this horse, the last 50 metres with no pressure. Um, this, this is, I know he's a, a fit horse and he's up and running, but Michael D sort of didn't really want him to run on here because it really shows up how, how far he should have oh, won, won by. <laughs> Look at him. Oh. He's an awkward going horse, carries himself. Yeah, he's, um, he's an interesting horse. You say he was unbeaten coming into that race. So I know the others might have more, uh, more fitness to come where he was up and running, but he's a good horse. And Profondo, what do we want to say about him? It probably backfired chasing the dry track because they got rain and he got caught wide from the wide barrier and um, dropped out. So I think we're all wanting to see him again. Yeah. It just didn't pay off for the two big switch horses from yesterday. Profondo was one of them. And Zaki was the other one. Set for the Canterbury Stakes. Annabelle decided to go south and just couldn't get it done in the Blaney. Yeah, well, he nearly did. He nearly did. He's a... Uh, he was first up. So I suppose one minute you're training him for the Canterbury Stakes 1300 metres and then you know, the, the 20, in the last, you know, the, the last decision is, oh no, I don't want to run him on a heavy track, let's go to Melbourne and run him at a mile. And it nearly, nearly paid nearly off. paid off, yeah. So he just maybe a gallop short, I'd say. And she's a, a really good mare, inspirational girl, you know, she's won 10 from 15 now and she's a top line performer. So. Um, you can't say much, you know, you can't bag Zaki on that. I thought he performed very, very well considering yep. circumstances. Without a doubt. We're going to have a look at the Golden Slipper next and how that picture looks after yesterday. We saw the Riesling and the Todman and then we'll have a look at the Golden Slipper market and try and work it all out. At a second start, Seven Vales got through to the Golden Slipper via a win in the Riesling. Off a uh, midweek win on the Kensington track, but she looked pretty good yesterday. She did. Uh, where are we with these two-year-olds? I'm still way up in the air and uh, we don't know where we are with these. And now we've got a heavy track lead up, so it all depends what sort of track we get on Slipper Day. But I must say, she's um, a promising filly on the improve. Is the Slipper too soon? I'm not sure. Um, showed a little bit of adaptability. Karen took the initiative and when they, there was no speed in the race, he took up the running and she showed good, good qualities. I really like this uh, second filly, uh, Dash and Legend. She's a quality filly. I'm not saying as far as a slipper contender is concerned, but I mean, as a future performer, I think she's, she's really got something. Oh, I had every hope being the fit horse in the race. Um, Russian Conquest, she was a, a little bit skittish and scatty before the race and obviously it's a semi-final for her because I think she's qualified and I think we've got to be forgiving with the wet track with her and knowing that she, she was pretty fresh yesterday and, and has improvement to come and, and the jury's just out on, on Greece. Um, Let's have a look at her when she gets to a dry track because yeah. she's hopeless in the wet. Yeah, Russian Conquest, I know, like you said, she got very hot in the yard. She kept wanting to race back down into the tunnel, back to the stalls. Um, I think the wheels spun a bit too, Ronnie. I know she's won on the soft, but 
I think it was just a bit too heavy for her as well. She travelled up. Um, Tommy looked quite confident like she was going to extend, but she never really mm. got to the next gear. She just sort of, the wheels spun. And we know she does have another gear. Mm. You don't run second to cool and get her in right. Magic Million if yep. you don't. Well, let's hear from Mark Newnham and also Karen McAvoy, and then we'll get an update on the Kieran Ma pair of uh, Cool and Gatter and the filly we saw yesterday, Grease. Oh, look, she's always had above-average ability. Um, she had a couple of early trials and pulled up shin sore after a second one, uh, but she's come back in really good shape. She made a few mo mistakes on debut, and it just cost her the win, and it was our plan to come here uh, if she'd won that midweek maiden, and I was buoyed by the fact that uh, the format of the race has been quite strong um, and she's shown good natural improvement from a first up run. Um, Kieran took control of the race, which I really all I'd said to him was don't, don't hunt her forward, don't drag her back, just let her be comfortable. She looked comfortable in front and she was really strong to the line. Hadn't ridden her before, but had a look at her replays and spoke to, to Mark and, and, and um, young Tommy and I gave Josh Parra a text when he landed in Melbourne and they just said, just take her steady, take her quiet, and Mark's parting words were, if she lands in front, so be it, you know, by default, and we sort of canned it along. She got in a nice rhythm in front and handled the ground, and she gave a good kick, little, you know, nice little kick when I, when I, when I asked her. Um, she clocked off a little bit late, she spotted the winning post, so there's improvement to come. She's a nice leggy filly. OK, um, that was Seven Vales. Uh... We're going to hear from Sajardin now. We're going to have a look at Sajardin now and then Gary Port... Oh, have we got that interview? OK, here's Kieran Ma talking about Coolangatta and also um, uh, Greece yesterday. Now, Coolangatta galloped at Newcastle on Friday morning. She galloped well. James was happy with her. She, she's moving beautifully. Quickened up nice. Uh, sat off a workmate and quickened up nice past it. Um, she may have a trial next Thursday at Newcastle um, and that would put it pretty right for the slipper. The rain got in your way last week but the contingencies you've come up with, they'll do the trick? Yeah definitely, very natural filly. Uh, yeah this week wasn't an option especially with the way the track the track has presented um, but I'm very happy with her, she's very forward in condition, she doesn't carry a lot of weight and uh, she worked really nicely. Have you seen anything from the other contenders that worries you? Uh, you know, it depends on what the track flows up, uh, throws up. You know, I don't reckon she would be right at home uh, with a lot of give in the ground. Um, so that throws it right open. But, you know, I'm very happy with where she's at at the moment. And finally, unfortunately, Greece wasn't the word today. What will you do with that horse now? No, well, Greece wasn't the word. Uh, she, um, J-Max said, Going to the gates, she didn't feel comfortable uh, on that sort of track. Um, so we'll just let the dust settle, but she, you might, she may even have a break and head towards the spring. OK, uh, we talk about Gary Portelli's two-year-olds each and every week, it would seem, here on this show. Uh, Fireburn one week, Sajardin the next, but we've been talking about this cult for quite a while now, boys. Yeah, and he's just cruising along. Um, he, you know, he's been qualified all the way through. It's a big advantage, isn't it, that goal, winning that golden gift or running second because trainers can train their horses properly and considering um, where he's come from and uh, what happened during the day and uh, like Russian, uh, the filly in the previous race, Russian Conquest, come in that position and she couldn't finish couldn't off, but he did and he did it well. So he's going to present a, a very good 
a, a horse ready to win a slipper, whether he's good enough, um, we'll, we'll find out, that's for sure. Boyfriend was okay. Charlatan, funny, um, uh, everyone will drop off him now. He's still run well in a slipper. He's just, he's went from a horse you couldn't get going to over racing and doing a few things wrong there. So Joe's still got a couple of weeks to, to sort him out now. Here's one, show court. Now, this is the horse, Yeah. Uh, one of the nicest horses all day. Good run. Uh, back to Charlatan, I, I wonder on the heavy going, he's so relaxed, the horse, like they even behind the barriers, they said he was parading around really, really relaxed. I wonder did he slip and lose his confidence and get really revvy because he, it's just totally out of character. Yeah. You know, like, like you said, the blinkers are, you know, can go back on, but I, I just totally didn't get why he was racing as fierce as he was. Um, maybe he slipped and just lost his confidence. Sometimes young horses can do that. Instead of relaxing down and getting their balance, they can rev up and get up underneath them. But he, he just went too strong for too long. Mm. And just back on that show court, he, he just ran into that. He was just about to sprout Landing wings north. and he just yeah. ran into the back side of them there. He's the, and uh, I know Chris is probably thinking he could be the Brisbane Carnival horse and uh, he, he's looking a likely type mm. to me. All right, here's Gary Portelli and Jason Collett. It's going to be the longest two weeks in history. Um, it was funny, I was just watching it come to the corner and I thought, you've got a bit of work to do here and that track was really soft and he was ploughing. But he's just got the Iceman on, he just waits until the horse starts to regain itself and picks up and every stride he felt the horse start to lengthen, he asked for a bit more and never panics and he knows where the winning post is, this horse. So, um, look out, two weeks time. Give us an insight into Sir Jardin, Gary. He could stand here right now and just do this interview with us, mate. He's such an intelligent horse. He's the cruelest customer for a colt I've come across. Um, he eats, he drinks, he works. He doesn't go out to show off or anything like that. He just goes and does his work. And he turns up on race day and, you know, it's all ahead of him. He's just, he's just a lovely horse. Did it make a huge difference to you to have qualified so far out from the Golden Slipper, not to have worried about chasing one's tail? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, fantastic race to be holding at that time of the year and as it's worked out I've got the right horse and it feels a bit like I said deja vu with Sheila Rain when you've got one of the best two-year-olds um, you can do different things with them horses the, the bad horses or average horses can't cope with five weeks between runs and come out and win a million dollar race so they're looking for a paddock after a bit of pressure this bloke I don't know he's just different he's uh, like I've always I've loved him from day dot he's you know he's always he's, he's a raw type good hit on him and you know, makes makes the job easy, but good effort today. Probably wasn't overly keen in that part of the track to be there, but and had to do a bit of work to get into the race. But uh, you know, he toughed it out late. A little bit more improvement. I think there is. He, he sweated up beforehand, and like Gary sort of said to me, it's you know, it's grand finals in, in, in two weeks. So I'd like to think there's there's still a bit more improvement there, and yeah, look forward to it. Well, Jason Collard, he uh, deserves to be excited about the Golden Slipper, but. Who do you like, Ronnie? Who do you like, Corey? Have you got, have you, have you got any firm opinion? I, I actually really like Sir Jardin. I, I just thought his whim, with the way the track raced, um, to see a two-year-old come from back in the field, you know, he, he, I just think he might be the real deal, this horse. He goes on both sorts of tracks, and, yeah, I, I honestly do think he'll run well. I just don't get... Well, just because she hasn't run, that she's out to five dollars now. Cool and Gather. All of a, she was about two dollars eighty there at one stage, and she wins a magic million, and all of a sudden she's five dollars out of sight, out of mind. And we, I'm struggling to, to really get excited about anything outside. And obviously there's that, 
big question mark over the uh, the weather the next two weeks. Um, if, but if we get there on a dry track, she's not going to be five dollars unless something really bursts onto the scene in the next week. Or, mm. Week, um, Magic hasn't been sighted since that very good first up run. Maybe uh, it runs next week. I'm not sure, but. Uh, um, yeah, I'd have to jump back on the cool and get a bandwagon, I'd, I'd say. Well, um, we've got two more races, the Pago Pago and the Magic Knight. They'll be run next Saturday. Now, normally, the Black Opal would be on this weekend, would it not? A couple of weeks to the Golden Slipper, but it's, it's too quick on the backup for those Black Opal horses. I mean, it's a lot of prize money, but it's next Sunday. So uh, we've still got three two-year-old races to go. And then we'll know the slipper makeup and the barrier draw will be done on the Tuesday before the Golden Slipper. We'll take a break and come back and look at the rest of this Randwick card. Race four was the listed Randwick City Stakes run over 2,000 metres and it was won by Zarek. Yeah, and sometimes the eye uh, tells lies. I thought these horses had gone out very hard and because nothing made ground at any, any stage, they are oh, they going to come back to the field? And then you pick up the sectionals later and you think, oh, what were they doing? Mm. Um, and these leaders kept going. Um, they, he was well spec night's order at 50 to 1 in. He gave a great sight. Say Rec uh, rode the tempo. He hadn't won under 2,400 metres and... Uh, I think he's come up very, very well, Zarek. He's, he, he's, that's two good runs for him now, and the timing's right uh, for these big staying races, Sydney Cup sort of type. Uh, he's flying, Lonsies. He is flying. That's two real good runs for him now, and he's right on target uh, for his grand finals. Uh, I didn't think Shiraz was too bad. No, I think he's typical Chris Waller time. You'd yeah. think by Sydney Cup day, he'll be, good he'll to be go. fit, ready to go, and maybe hoping for a wet track, looking at, at his form. And he just got too far back, no compromise. The pack back, the back there just really didn't unfold for him. But looking at the sectionals, when they did, they, they probably went out hard. And I, you get in your head, oh, geez, look at them. They've gone ballistic here. But they did steady up. And that's when the, the back markers didn't make their ground. And that up. makes it impossible. Yeah. They made, made the winner work a little bit. The yeah. First sort of furlong, furlong and a half. But um, once they settled down, you know, they strung out, but they just, I think the back markers just forgot about the, the leaders because they'd done it so tough the first furlong and a half. I think they just let them go and thought exactly. they'll come back to us. Okay, here's Michael Hawks and Willie Pike. Yeah, when he began so good, um, you know, I just said to Willie, just maybe get some cover and just ride the horse. And uh, he's had wet ground before, but this track's very testing today. And uh, when he got to about the 600 and they were sort of half chasing and he hadn't gone for him yet, I thought, oh, well, we're half a chance here. And... Then when he topped the rise and hadn't pressed the go button, when he did, it was all over. But uh, to be fair, we've always had a, a really nice opinion of the horse and he's always shown plenty. Uh, he's just been a typical European, just wanted some time and he's done a great job today. I was out on a limb and, and probably doing a little bit of work, but he was doing it that well within himself. It didn't feel like he was. Um, I was surprised to be that far forward. He just began like a rocket and took me there. Um, yeah, thanks to the horse. Got through the going really well? He did. He travelled a million dollars the whole way. I was uh, kind of pinching myself coming into the straight. I was still travelling and no one was sort of pressing the issue of me. So I think he, he loved it. And by the way, um, Willie Pike is going to be riding here at uh, Tamworth today. He'll be flying up, I think, with Tommy Sherry, who's also uh, riding here today. Uh, Shane O'Cash rate in the Telegraph today. It's the most anticipated uh, 
visit to Tamworth by somebody since the yearly pilgrimage of Slim Dusty to the Country Music <laughs> Festival. Uh, aren't they going to enjoy Willie Pike here in uh, Tamworth later today? Let's have a look at the fireball and uh, Marzu is putting it all together. Well, can he lay claim to run of the day as well? Uh, I think he's Group 1 uh, material in waiting. I love what he's done in his two runs back, and he's put it, that's two together. That's all you wanted to see from him, and he paraded much better again, that will, as well as he did first up. So that all that, that culty stuff's out of him yeah. now as a gilding, and yeah. he's Even on his, his way. parade, he's just really relaxed down. Like, I know he still wears all the headgear and stuff like that, but even just the way he's racing and to talk to Semi Clifton after the race, the confidence he's got in the horse. And um, good on Semi too, he's got a bit of a roll along now, he's he riding does. well. He is for sure. And he's ridden this horse perfectly twice. So I don't know whether it's all gonna happen for him uh, this autumn, but they've got a couple of seasons to really nurture this horse into one of our, our top sprinters, I'm, I'm convinced. And I know we, we bring up the Everest a lot, but in, in maybe next year and the year after, mm. he, his name might be spoken about if he continues on this upward spiral. Mallory was good, much better. A very fine red should come on beautifully from that. She, she, um, I don't think she'd been wound right up. Profiteer, give a good kick at the top of the straight, and uh, just that early pressure on him told. Uh, but I think it is all about the winner for me. I think he's a really good horse. All right, here's Paul Snowden and Sam Clipperton. I think we're sort of seeing what, what we've all been believing. Uh, now he's transferring all, all what he's doing at home and trials to race day, and uh, it's, it's really a pleasure to watch, really. So how high do you set your sights, and what's the next step? Well, this is the thing. It's, it's all it's been, you know, a purposely uh, built preparation. It's just slow, small steps. Uh, and again, we'll probably go in two or three weeks again just to, just to pick him off and, and, and give him that confidence. and. You know, he, after carrying the big weight there the other day, he meets most of these horses are better at the weights and um, providing we're going to get that nice cushy run mid-race, we're always going to be there, um, you know, when, when, it, when it counted. He's still very untapped, this horse, and um, we spoke before about his, after his previous win about the gelding operation and it's just done wonders for him and um, Peter and Paul have this horse going really well and um, I must say the owners have been very patient with him. They've always had a very talent, talented horse on their hands, but... Um, now that he's gelded, I think uh, I think we're going to see the best of him. Okay, let's watch uh, race number nine. This is the aspiration quality, and here's Lelud dashing away with the prize. Yeah, and this was a gift, uh, as you call it, a gift. She was gifted the lead. She had 53 kilos. She had wet track form, and she straightened up. We got a, a lap full of horse Brock Ryan, and and she's won by panels here. So. Far too good. Polly Gray, I thought, was excellent, considering she had 61 kilos in a sprint home. So I know she loves the mud, so she certainly uh, will lose no admirers with that. And the backmarkers had none here. I thought Stray was OK, because she's got more improvement to come. Divine Diosa, that was a worthwhile trip to Sydney to pick up some black type with that mare. And the favourite, the Haverly back, Legay Salal, well, the pattern didn't suit her yeah. in the race, but still... I'm wondering where she's, more. yeah, just wanted to finish, finish off a little bit better. Maybe she's better fresh back to 1400 or something like that. Yep. The Millie Fox form's proving quite good. Yeah, it's always a good race, isn't yep. it? Yeah. Uh, John Thompson and Brock Ryan. She's been so honest for the last couple of years, very unlucky in a couple of listed races there. Um, you know, we, we got the black type last start, but uh, she'd come on from then. You know, we were quietly confident today. 
Um, but uh, yeah, she a well-deserved win. She's a lovely mare, and uh, you know, still got a bright future. And a very confident young man on board today too. Yes, yes. He, he got in trouble. He was a little bit negative on her last start. So you know, I said today, just you know, just come out a little bit more positive. I said, don't care where you are, leave it up to you. But uh, it was a good, confident ride. He's got confidence in the horse, and uh, on that win, she'd win again. Obviously, just had the two rides today, but. I've been doing a bit of work for John and he's given me good support, so it's good to get a win on the board for him. You're always confident through the run? I was, yeah. Once she jumped, travelled and got that pretty soft lead, I was able to just creep away from her. I was always confident. Well, he did it again. Bjorn Baker, he won the last race. <laughs> Unbelievable. He did it again. <laughs> yeah, uh, as we say, great country, Australia. Um, great country. <laughs> look, she deserved this. It was a perfect setup for her. You wouldn't think this was a 1200 metre race. It was like a barrier trial. Oh, they canted. Can't, absolutely, absolutely canted. And he, he come back, he sat off, sat off Clarkey and just had the race at his beck as soon as he wanted it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like she, this is the Billy Fox form again as you just yep. brought up. So she comes out of that race as well. Very good, tricky gal first up, and look, um, never talk. Never talk. You oh. just couldn't run sectionals to, to win that race. And the market knew too, they yep. wanted to push her out late, and the Ice Man or, or Mullet Man, <laughs> uh, he, he was left uh. lamenting out the back there. <laughs> yeah, look, he, he, he didn't have the best, didn't have the best of luck there. <laughs> That was a good the flying run. mullet. <laughs> the flying mullet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was just set um, up for James, though. He, he just controlled the race outside lead, pushed the button top of the straight, and it was all over. But um, good to see him get on the board by the last. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> OK, well, he, he keeps doing it. He was quite emotional yesterday, Bjorn, because he'd had a big day in Melbourne, and he won the last again, and uh, he made a wonderful gesture after the race. Just worked out beautifully. James rode, rode her really well. Big shout out to Sam Williams, of course, Little Avondale. New Zealand bred, New Zealand sales next week. Um, and I've, I've got to have a, a big shout out to him. He was a, a, a bit doubtful about running her, but I uh, got my way, thankfully. Thanks, Sam. He's had a really good day, so no, it's, um, it's great to win on her. She's so consistent and... Uh, yeah, she deserved it. Yeah, you give a good push when you're getting down to 55 kilos. Well, yeah, it would have been nice if the 55 was at the start of the day, but um, it's just the way it is. It's carnival time, and um, it was nice to ride a push-button horse like her who just um, deserved that win. Okay, now um, that uh, we didn't get to that um, bit of information with Bjorn. Um, he was he was emotional, and during that interview, at the start of that interview, he. Um, he donated $10,000 to flood relief. Now, he was out there at Warwick Farm. They had a few problems, not as much as other people, uh, but the winning percentage from that race that Bellucci Babe won uh, all goes to flood re relief. So thank you, Bjorn. Uh, a wonderful gesture. Capistel, uh, let's go back to the start of the day. This is the midway. Yeah, just beautifully placed. Nice filly. She'd had a few recent toughen up runs. She got in with 51 and a half kilos here, got the right run and sprinted. So well placed by Anthony and she can she can go on and, and go through her grades. There's no doubt about that. She's a, a nice little mare. What do we want to say here? McCormack, he just keeps running nice races in these midways. 
Uh, Picaro, a very good second up. Bedford Square was huge from the back. Back here. Yeah. It was a, 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 she's an honest mare who, who run very, very well and clear blonde overachieved. Now, Moradan, uh, Moradan, I'm going to call uh, uh, Amazu on him and I'd like to see him gelded. Uh, I think he's too much of a lad. Um, he's got to be gelded and start from scratch, I think. so. He got really hot as well. He, he gets um, hot, bothered, yeah. he's colty. He's done things wrong in the past. Look, they've done a good job straightening him out so far, but I still think he'll make a much better gelding. Yep. OK, let's go to a break with uh, Anthony Cummings and Tyler Schiller. And when we come back, the win of Geo at Newcastle yesterday. She's been on song pretty much from the start of the prep. Um, we was always going to get that nice run today. Um, we were hoping the sale might have sort of kicked on a bit further into the race you know, to the winning post, uh, but nevertheless, Capicel was there and is really putting a hand up now to get to go to stakes grade and to go back against her own age and sex, and I think she'll be well placed at that. Yeah, she um, jumped really well, put herself just behind the speed, and we were following the best horse in the race. and just gave her a beautiful card into the straight and Anthony just said to hold it together as long as possible and she let go with a really good turn of speed. quickly moved up to Fumiko running on his semi out wide on the track with Noble Soldier. Kiss some back to the far side with Free State. Geo the leader at the 200 metres mark. A length clear. Kiss some trying ever so hard. Noble Soldier in semi next. It's Geo in front 100 metres left to run. Kiss some runs to second but will also run out of time. Geo won it. Geo three quarters to Kiss some. We're taking our time with him. You know he's always showed a lot of promise um, and this time around he's really excelled in his work. He's continue to please and you know his run was really good first up at Warwick Farm. Yeah look he worked good Tuesday morning I had the, had the privilege to be able to ride him on the reverse way obviously and worked out really nicely I was pretty confident coming today his draw was just a little bit tricky so we just just had to ride it from the jump he jumped really well and there's no adamant pressure early so I just took the bull by the horns put him up on speed and just had to cuddle him as long as I can being second up and we were able to do that and he let go really well. I mean, he doesn't begin well anyway. If anything, he might have just rushed him through that spot a little bit faster than he probably would have liked. Then that might have just told it. Ben, you know, it's soft in where he was, so he was in the worst part of the track. A very good feel, you know. I think he probably just struggled a little bit in that ground, um, just to really, just to really get out of it. Uh, you know, he, because of that good draw, he was on the worst of it, but we didn't have a choice there. But he travelled quite nicely, and he took a lot of riding in the straight to really get into that top gear. But I was really impressed with his last furlong, and I think that he hit the line strongly, and he's Tracy's done a very good job with him, and he's into the final, and I think he'll be very competitive. OK, there's the market for the uh, provincial final all in. Chris Must Lee's uh, looking pretty strong uh, with quite a few heats yet to go. I looked over my shoulder and I saw two blokes walked in. I thought they were two cowboys. They turned mm. out to be Jeff Toovey and Steve Menzies. What are you doing in the boot skirting capital of Australia? Oh, we love it out here. We love to come out for the races. We're here with Tab. Um, got a few clients out here. It's going to be a great day. All right. You look, uh, you look the part. Did you, Do you look country? You look country. Beautiful. Did you bring that with you or you buy it in town? No, it's mine. I, own it. oh, yeah, I bought it from sure. Northern Beaches and Freshwater. I keep it. When I've got to get out to the country, I like to look the park. Have you walked the track? It's a heavy eight. Yeah, I, I put the keys in. I think it's at least seven and a half, not an eight, though. Right. Seven and a half, <laughs> not an eight, not quite an eight. So I'm, I said it's seven and a half. What's, uh, what's the form guide say? Well, the great, the, the, the late great uh, Tommy Donald said, always go. Number seven, race seven. So I'm with Anathol for... Uh, race for seven, race number seven. Number seven. The Tommy Radonicus uh, yes. theory. I'm on Ezekiel. I'm, I'm 
thinking Pike, he can kick it home. Willie Pike. Yeah. Now, this I is going to be a big thrill for the crowd here today to see last race Willie. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> it's going to be Tamworth. exciting. No, that's a, that's a, that's a okay, phenomenon. Right. That's yep. a phenomenon. I believe it. Willie Pike coming here. Have you enjoyed your time? Yeah, it's been great. We're out at uh, dinner last night yep. and a bit of golf yesterday. Beautiful Tamworth Golf Club. Uh, and really looking forward to the races today. Who wins the NRL this year? Oh, well, you're going to say Manly. Manly's a chance, a chance, but I think they're, um, they're, they're in there. As long as Tom stays, uh, Tommy yeah. Turbo stays uh, fit and healthy, I think they're a chance. You're not making any comebacks or anything like that? You no. look like you could. Have you seen how big they, those blokes are these days? Too big for me. <laughs> look, don't look at me. They're always that, big that for two. That's bigger than two. <laughs> 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 All right, how much time have we got? Any questions for the boys that I can pass on, Corey Brown or Duff? <laughs> Well, it sounds like it was a, a nice uh, lunch, a dinner last night. I, it was a big night for the boys, and it'll be a bigger one today, that's for sure. And the wizard right, gets Ron, back Ronnie west. <laughs> Ronnie Duffersy thought you had a really nice lunch dinner yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it did drag on a bit. <laughs> We're looking all right. We're looking all right. All right. They're going to be here all day. The, the Tab bus is here, and there's going to be a big crowd at Tamworth. Uh, we are on a heavy track, but thankfully those showers have passed, and we're in for a great day. So we've got three more country championships to go. Tamworth today, Canamble next week, and then to Scone for the wild card before day one of the championships. Thanks, boys. Enjoy your day. Thank you. There's uh, Thank you. two of the greatest rugby league players ever, Jeff Turvey and Steve Menzies, here at Tamworth today. If you're coming out of the track, you'll see them. Just look for the two big hats. See you, Duff. <laughs> see you, Brown. See you, mate. What about your hat? See you next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>